Hi there, it's me, Tracy Lee. Welcome back to Life or Something Like It. Sorry, I've had to uh, put the podcast on hold for a bit. I started a new job as a career advisor at at a high school, and so I've been kind of busy with that. Uh, So far, so good. Lots to learn, but the staff and students are great, and I'm really looking forward to continuing to be part of that and sort of work with them to help them decide what they want to be when they grow up, if I ever figure out what that is. So I'm now into the 13th episode of the podcast, and I have to admit I didn't really know where it would go when I sort of leapt into the world of podcasts. It's fun, and I really enjoy talking to people and getting their viewpoints on different aspects of what impacts their life, Um, sort of comparing notes on different situations. Um, A few weeks ago, I put out a call to my listeners, all five of you, (laughs) I'm just kidding, to send me any questions you had, anything you wanted to ask. Uh, I'm certainly not any kind of expert or anything, but I figure if, you know, Abby and Ann Landers and Miss Lonely Hearts can do it, why not? Hopefully, like any advice, you'll take it with a grain of salt. If it helps somewhat, great. If it doesn't, please disregard and tell me to F off if need be. So here they are, the questions that I received. The first one I got, here it is. Hi, Tracy. I don't normally listen to podcasts, but I've really liked listening to yours. Maybe it's because I know you in real life. You seem to have a lot of thoughts and opinions and you're not afraid to share them. Yeah, no kidding. I wish I was more like that. Do you? Uh, I struggle with speaking up sometimes and I often go along with things I don't want to do just to avoid conflict or having to say no. I've noticed it's been getting worse and worse as I get into my later 20s. Shouldn't it be easier for me to say no? And shouldn't I be more willing to stand up for myself? Nope, it's the exact opposite and I'm feeling unfulfilled because I do things for everybody else, but not enough for myself. How do I learn to say no without hurting someone's feelings or ruining that relationship? Well, I can relate to this one for sure. It's a tough one. I think I've struggled with that for a long time. Um, I think even back to my teenage years and you know, early adulthood, I was really struggling to fit in and be liked just to feel part of something. So I think I often said yes to things or didn't stand up for myself enough and sort of would feel sort of backed into a a corner. And then if that happened, then I would just blow up at people rather than telling them how I felt initially, just going along, going along, and then straw breaks the camel's back and and I'm all freaking out. And it would drive people away sometimes and, and made me kind of scary to be around. I think that if you're the type of person who's cooperative all the time, or sort of that life of the party, the joiner-inner. You're sort of expected to be that all all the time, or the person that everybody goes to to ask for help. Um, I think what I've come to realize as I've gotten older is that if I don't take care of myself, who will? So even if you're an extrovert or a giver, and you like to help people, and you really struggle with saying no, I think we have to remind ourselves we need downtime. And even if we agree to something when we're feeling it, sometimes that'll change. When the the, the day comes and it's time to do that thing you committed to, we just might feel overwhelmed that day. Or a bunch of other things have happened 
since we committed to that thing. And then we just kind of don't have the energy. So I think what I've learned is we don't always have to give an explanation. No, we shouldn't hurt people. We shouldn't leave people in the lurch if they're really depending on us. But let's say it's a party and you know there's going to be a bunch of other people there anyway. But you're just not feeling the energy. It's okay to say no. And it's also okay to say no thank you as a sentence on its own. That's a tough one. Um, if we do need to get a little expansive with it, with somebody we're close to or we feel comfortable with, sometimes we just have to say, I don't feel comfortable doing XYZ because I'm just not feeling up to it right now. Thanks for inviting me though. So boundaries are hard to set, but if we don't do that, we will end up feeling drained and we're not taking good care of ourselves. So we're no good to anyone if we're not feeding feeding our souls, our physical, emotional, mental needs. So we have to take that time and I think really give ourselves the gift of choice. I know, like I said, we have to compromise, be cooperative in life, all that. But if we just keep losing pieces of ourselves as we please everybody else, it's not going to go well. And I've experienced that and I've really had to to learn. So be okay with saying no sometimes. And the ones who really love you and care about you, they'll still be there and they'll still understand. They'll understand that you can't always be available to do everything. And if they don't, well, maybe it's it's okay to let them go. So the next question I got Oh, the old boy meets girl, girl loves boy. Huh, love, I don't know. So this one says, I've been dating the same guy for a few years. We seem stuck in a rut, always breaking up and getting back together. He likes to go out with his friends. And then when I want to go out with mine, he gets all jealous and pissy about it. It's like he wants me to be around only when it's convenient for him. He's all lovey-dovey for a few weeks. And then he pulls away again and takes off with his friends and doesn't give me the time of day. So I'm scared to break up with him for good because I know how much I miss him when we're apart. But I kind of feel like I'm falling out of love. What do you think I should do? Hmm. Well, my first response is my gut feeling is ditch him. But I know that that's not fair. I shouldn't. It's not cut and dry. Only you know for sure what the right decision is. But I can tell you this. If there's that constant pattern of breaking up and getting back together, and you've been together quite a long time, I think there's a good chance that will continue. And as the saying goes, the definition of insanity is sort of doing that same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And you just kind of end up spinning around in circles. It's a lot of drama and it's a lot of stress that you don't need in your life. So I don't know if breakups in your case only last a few days or weeks, but if you haven't done so already, it might be time for the two of you to take a really good break. I mean legitimate, months maybe. No hookups, no constant texting or whatnot, just time apart. About 15 years ago, Sean and I took a break. It ended up being six months. You know, it was tough. 
It really was. I missed him a lot. Uh, we were going through a lot of things. He was going through a lot of stuff. And we didn't know if it was just going to be a timeout. We didn't know if it was going to be for good or if it was going to help us for the long run. And ultimately, it really changed both of us. We had to sort of figure out what made us happy, what we enjoyed on our own, and what we enjoyed together. And we were fortunate. We found our way back to each other, and we were much more gelled and on the same page at that point. You know, that's not always going to be the case. Sometimes that break can turn into permanence, but perhaps that's for the right reasons. I really believe you have to be wanting the same things out of life, generally speaking. And there will come a point where one of you is going to want more than just dating and more than that on-off roller coaster that you've been in. It's always fun to get back together, but if you find yourself always waiting for that shoe to drop, it, it really isn't good. Like, how do you enjoy the rest of your life? You know, and, and you end up alienating friends and family and they're confused. Are you together? Are you apart? Are we embracing them? Are we mad at them? I really think the person that we choose to spend our life with should be mostly a supportive happiness. They should be a person that supports us, that we can support and provide a safe spot for us to land. We're all going to have our challenges for sure when we're sharing a life with someone, but I think we have to look at the 80-20 rule. If you're finding yourself unhappy, more than happy, or you feel like you're sort of at that dead end, it really could be time for that longer term break or maybe permanent. And you know, you may be surprised to find out that once you get through the tough times of that breakup, you know, the hard part of it, that you are actually happier apart. And if you do find your way back together through that soul searching and figuring out for sure what kind of person that you want to be with, then that's a bonus. I kind of wish when I was younger I had taken that advice. I spent far too long sticking it out in relationships I shouldn't have, especially a couple of dating relationships. I think it was out of fear. Um, I wasn't always getting back the love I wanted or I wasn't able to give them the love they wanted. And we'd sometimes just stick it out out of that comfort level or that fear of change or a sense of failure or that thing of, well, I've already invested this much time. Well, no. Now I realize life is too short to spend it with someone who isn't bringing us more joy than sorrow. So that's my story. Sticking to it. So what do we got next? The next one is career related. And this one, these types of questions I get a lot, seeing as this has been the bulk of my career for the past 20 plus years of either being in human resources, recruiting or career coaching. So this individual says, I'm thinking of quitting a long-term job. I know you do career counseling and you've helped me with the resume a couple of years ago. At that time, I chickened out, even when I was offered a fabulous new job. I decided to stay with what I knew, mostly because the pay is really good and I get five weeks holidays. I thought that would be enough to stick it out. But I've really, really been miserable. 
to the point where I dread going to work every single day. And I would rather take a pay cut and have less holidays so I just don't feel crappy all the time. I'm coming home from work exhausted. I'm staying late, going in early. I work way too many hours when I shouldn't. I even give up my vacations I have booked or I work during my vacations. So I basically am just in a perpetual state of being tired. My boss is a dick. Even though he keeps saying he doesn't mean to be nasty, he can't seem to help himself. And he gets away with it. Upper management lets him simply because he has connections, he's been there a long time. And even though myself and other employees have filed complaints about him, they keep him around. I'm to the point where I'm worried I'm gonna blow up and just storm out one day, or I'm just gonna stay in my car and turn around and go home. What do you think I should do? Well, I'm gonna give the same answer I give anybody that asks me this question and the same answer I've had to give myself in this situation. Look at the place where you spend a chunk of your life, a big chunk of your life. Sounds like even more than a third of your life you're spending right now. It shouldn't make you feel so horrible. It sounds like the culture is very unhealthy and if your boss is being a dick and getting away with it, that sort of says it all. That is a very toxic work culture. It's an abusive relationship. It doesn't matter if it's someone you're dating, married to, or going to work with. Vacations are supposed to be taken so that we can recharge, refresh, but if they're constantly being interrupted by work or you're canceling them altogether, well, you're just gonna end up burnt out. And it sounds like you're already there. When you have a boss like that, I found there is no pleasing them. No matter what, extra time or effort you put in and after a while when we work for people like that it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome kicks in we we just sort of try to adapt and live with it because we're dependent on them we end up counting the hours and the days until Friday and then we're sick to our stomachs every time Sunday evening rolls around that's not a life that's not good to what end really Yeah, we all need to earn a living, but there comes a point that when your whole life is negatively impacted by your job, it is indeed time for a change because your health, all of it will be so badly affected. All your tanks will be empty and it's going to play out in physical ways or mental, physical breakdowns, those kind of things. And there will be no turning back. I personally have made some major job changes when I've been working in what I call the pressure cooker. You're working for a bad boss, there's no end in sight, you're just spinning your wheels. And I know it's scary, especially when you've been somewhere a long time. You're entering into the unknown, you're giving up some pay, benefits, vacations. Sometimes good companies will pay you what you're worth and they'll value your experience and you can often negotiate better vacation time and benefits. I know for me, even though it was scary, I'm so glad I did it. I cannot imagine what my life would have been been like had I continued to work for bullies uh, or continued to be a workaholic while all the other things in my life suffered. It just all catches up to us 
And even if it means taking that little hit to make that big move, if you can find a place that's more positive and rewarding for you, it'll be worth every dollar you had to give up. And you know, if you spend that time looking for the right fit and really take the time to go for those interviews, make sure you interview them as well because you're looking for that right fit and you'll find that comparable pay and, and challenge and all that. I think at this point, the way you're describing it, it's survival right now to make a change because no job is worth losing everything for. Too many marriages and people have broken down because of it. Even a job that paid a million a year, and I know we're not talking about that. But let me know if you hear of any jobs that pay that much. Okay, so that's that one. Here's another question. This one I can relate to too. This person says, I'm finding now that I'm in my 50s, I don't feel very interesting or noticeable anymore. Oh, well, I can't relate to this next part, but this person says, I've been single after 25 years of marriage and I'm really scared to try online dating and I'm actually becoming more of an introvert and lazier as I get older. I started going to the gym, but I find it super boring and repetitive. I want to get out and meet new people, but it seems like everyone is coupled up or they're going through divorce too and all we do is complain about our exes or complain that there's nobody out there for us or I don't have anything in common with the new people I meet. I think I'm just too set in my ways and lazy in my marriage and career and now I'm just in a rut. Any ideas what I should do to get out of it? Well, okay, my life is different than this, but I can agree it's tough being in our 50s. We've done so much in our lives and, you know, we've come to a crossroads, especially if our kids are grown and moved out or if we have gone through a marital marital breakup. Um, I didn't have, I haven't luckily had a marital, why am I saying maritable? A marital breakup in my 50s, but I did go through one in my 20s or 30s. Oh, you know what? Shut up. Okay. In my 30s. The best advice I can give you is just step outside of your comfort zone once in a while. Even if it means joining some of these clubs, these activity clubs, I think there's one called Singles Adventures or like find something you like. If the gym isn't working for you, a running club, a walking club, a slow pitch league, a bowling league, curling, it doesn't really matter. Anything. You don't have to jump into that online dating if you're not comfortable. Although, I kind of think I would if I were single. But that's that's just me thinking that at this point. I don't know if I would do it, but, you know, it's definitely not for everyone. I've got a few friends that are doing it in there. They're finding some success. There's a lot of duds and a lot of weirdos out there, but I always say all it takes is one. But if you want sort of to pull yourself out of that laziness and just do something outside of the, the box for yourself, join a club where you can meet people um, that are in a similar stage in life. And that way you sort of feel less alone. And it's kind of organic. It's not so forced. Because if everybody at this stage of life, like that are going to those clubs, they're going through those big changes, whether it's marriages ending, kids having left home, maybe they never got married, never had kids, but they're just wanting to get out and about and meet new people. 
I think that it goes to that saying, if we want something we haven't got, we have to do something we haven't done. So even if we meet a few new friends through that club or activity, it doesn't have to be about finding a new mate. But I think your life will become more enriched and it might help you get out of that rut you're in. Um, again, it doesn't have to be just one thing. You can try a few things. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. It doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money. If you're feeling like kind of sluggish, then something with that physical activity is definitely going to help. It's going to get your endorphins going. You're going to feel better physically. You'll have more energy. I know I do. When I go to the gym, walk, ride my bike, all that stuff, it definitely gets me in a much better place. And I, you know what, I can't sit here on my soapbox, you know, being married and and having been married or together with Sean for almost 20 years, maybe I've forgotten what it was like to go through it, but it still sticks with me how hard it was going through divorce and how difficult it is when your life changes that much. So I know it's not easy. So you may have to try quite a few things before you find the thing that grabs you. But I think we reach a point where we can only reach or watch so much Netflix and eat chips so many nights of the week. We need more that will stimulate us and remind us why we are still interesting and unique. So what if we're in our 50s? There's still, we still have lots to offer and so that we feel connected. I think that's super important. You know, we're all looking for that connection and social media and online dating sometimes isn't enough. It isn't enough to feel that connection. So I think it's really important to find that and spend time with people, but also have your alone time when you need it because you're finding yourself again and you're gonna discover lots of cool things. So hope that helps. So thank you, listeners, for the questions. Anytime you want to ask me any, feel free. I don't always have the answers, and I'm going to sometimes give stupid responses, and that's fine. I'm only going by my own experience and lots of scraped knees and falling down to figure out what works. So I hope to talk to you all again soon. If you have any ideas for any topics you want to see covered on the podcast, just send me a DM or you can send me a voice message through the Anchor app. And don't forget, Mother's Day is on Sunday. If you are a mom, I hope you have a fantastic day and feel all the love that you give out every day. If you have a mom, don't forget to remind her what she means to you. Okay, till next time. Bye.